0: it had to it had and i to.
1: you know when i was so just for our listeners to know when meet was sending me a list of quotes that was on there and that was originally the quote i was i said we should use for the end of the episode and then as i was writing it i was like unless you're going to use this for the greeting
0: and then i and was like oh Mita yeah <laughs> maybe i shouldn't have included it because <laughs> i didn't think that would be the one you picked i actually thought you were going to pick your, something else
1: oh yeah i picked ahoy sexy
0: i thought you were gonna pick i wouldn't eat a domesticated dog
1: (laughs) (laughs) no ahoy sexy was pretty big Uh, yeah it was a pretty big part of the film it was Meet the how are you
0: i i don't think i've answered this in a while i was
1: just gonna say i'm i'm (laughs) editing the piano and i'm like wait did
0: did, we forget what did we say this so in case any of you were worried or concerned i i am still living and breathing good yeah
1: how did we forget that, and then we forgot that we forgot it,
0: yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe it's time we move on from it,
1: oh no, maybe,
0: like, oh no, no, if that's no. such a twenty twenty thing for me to say, like oh, i I'm trying to go into the mindset now that like this is gonna be over with soon, I can feel it, I Blessed. think this this is the last hurdle that we have to go through, okay, and we're gonna build that herd immunity, everybody's gonna get omicron, and we're all gonna be able to survive after. We all and, do just
1: need to get it at this point, yeah. for the record. Everyone <laughs> just needs to get sick and move on with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I'm in that mindset that this is it. So maybe I don't need to say that I'm alive and living and breathing anymore because maybe. it's such Let's a 2020 see. thing for me to say. Oh my
1: God, it's so old. We're two yeah. years into this thing.
0: <laughs> like, it's like when you used to sign off emails, stay positive, test negative. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. That was funny at the time, but okay. now it's dangerous.
0: Now it's just gross. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: just so our listeners know, I'm sure you might have heard a little cooing in the background. My son is actually sitting in on this recording with Mita and I. Mita can see him currently, and he's Hello. eating his hands. He at one point will probably have a bottle and go to sleep, and he might cry in the middle of me or Mita talking, so... Apologies if it gets weirdly loud, and I will try to edit it. Yeah, he's talking right now. He has a lot to to... say
0: about this week's movie.
1: (laughs) I will try to edit it out and keep it quiet. But this is, I guess, doing a podcast in a COVID world. Yeah. So here we are. Me, Mita, and my six-month-old son are going to talk about Francis Ha in a bit. But before we talk about... Francis, ha ha ha.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Today is January 10th, which means that yesterday was January 9th, and the Golden Globes had their weirdest presentation of their existence.
0: As you brought it up, I forgot that we were going to talk about <laughs> this.
1: <laughs>
0: I totally forgot about this year's Golden Globes. Yeah,
1: it was, honestly, like, I didn't remember until, when did I message you, like, Thursday or Friday? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I have a blo- like, an Oscar bo- blog that I watch. It's called Oscar Watch, In case. No, Awards Daily, Daily. sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's Awards Daily, and I was reading about it, and they are like, oh, the Golden Globes are this Sunday, and I was just like, what? There was, like, no pomp and circumstance. It was so... Nothing. And they had this weird live broadcast, and they, like, live-tweeted the winners, but that was it. There Mm -hmm. was no show.
0: No streaming of, like, announcing the winners. Yeah,
1: it was just, like, someone was sitting by a computer, like, writing it out on their Mac...
0: That's they so did strange. make some nice graphics for their Instagram page, though. I will. Oh wow! I'll, I'll give them that. That was. <laughs> I'll go uh, check
1: out their Insta later.
0: Yeah, that was nice to see. Well, that but yeah, they happened, and there are some winners. Do you want to talk about them? Do we want to go over? Are there any upsets? Think, any shocks?
1: I don't know if there are any like big upsets. There was the one huge upset. Your Isn't girl, Nicole upset? Kidman. <laughs>
0: my girl, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Don't call it her my girl. It is a huge
1: upset because I think for a, a lot of people were saying that Kristen Stewart was the like, she was it. She was going to win.
0: Mm. And she was
1: the one who didn't. And you have seen both of those films. Yes. So I want to ask you.
0: I think um, Kristen Stewart is the stronger performer.
1: Mm-hmm. In the better movie?
0: The Being the Ricardos is more approachable. Being the Ricardos is more relatable spencer is a little bit abstract and i think but again it's the hollywood foreign press association so i feel like they should be able to accept those like abstract things but
1: they're also the people who nominated emily in paris the last
0: <laughs> oh year. yeah i forgot so, about that and the
1: tourists so maybe that i'm giving year, them
0: too much credit
1: <laughs> i think you might be
0: yeah okay that's fair I think they then in that case, if that's like how they are, then being then Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos does make sense to me. Spencer is a is more abstract of a film. I would say being the Ricardos is a movie, and Spencer is a film. And I do think that Christian Stewart has a stronger performance between the two of them, especially when it comes to the voice. That is my <laughs> biggest qualm. We yes. talked in, about this just last week. Yes. Is a beautifully talented actress. She's great. We know it. But she can't change her voice to help her. Mm. And Kristen Stewart literally transforms herself. Like when you're taking two movies that are about two women in history. Very Kristen, true. Yeah. Kristen Stewart is definitely the one who actually transforms into um, Princess Diana. And so I do think it is the stronger performance between the two. I just, like, was not motivated by this year's awards at all to pay any attention to actually care. And it's really weird.
1: (laughs) Do you mean the Golden Globes or are you interested in the Oscars when they happen?
0: I'm interested in the Oscars when they happen. Always. Forever. That's never going to change. But I typically love the Golden Globes. Because the Golden Globes are a party. Exactly, it's that merge of television and movies. Yeah. You have everybody there sitting and eating dinner. They're not just like sitting in an auditorium, like they're at dinner tables. Yeah. And then there's much more of an interaction typically when you have that award show going on. And then like in the commercial breaks, you'll see like Brad Pitt will get up from his table and he'll walk over to like Matt Damon and George Clooney and like yeah. people are drinking their drinks and you can tell that they've been drinking their drinks. I've been drinking a little bit. Yeah. And like and they're eating food too. And like when there's one year I can't remember who it was, but they clearly had like spinach or something (laughs) stuck in their teeth and they didn't even know. And like I really, really missed that. Yeah. And so this for me, I just like am not interested whatsoever. Like even when you mentioned it, like, oh maybe we should talk about that for small talk today. I was like I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> if we have to talk about something. They're
1: pretty important, though, in the grand scheme of the awards season. Mm-hmm. But one thing I want to ask you is when I did... So we posted about it yesterday on our Instagram. Yes. You questioned whether we should be supporting the HFPA.
0: Hmm, yes. And so I want to
1: ask you about that.
0: Well, I mean, okay, so for those people who don't know, the reason why there's, like, no show this year... And correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know the exact facts. But it was revealed that the Hollywood Foreign Press Agency blatantly has disregarded people of color in Mm -hmm. coming into the actual – is it agency or association?
1: Association. Association. Hollywood Foreign Press Press Association.
0: Association. Has blatantly ignored people of color coming into the association and providing their own insights and whatnot and being judges in the Golden Globes and, and things like that. And so NBC decided that they were no longer going to air the Golden Globes. Um, and the No Television Network had decided to pick up the Golden Globes. And so they were kind of left at the standstill of like, do we actually have an award ceremony? And mm-hmm. many celebrities were reached out to in terms of like, will you present our nominations? Will you present mm-hmm. like the actual awards? And pretty much every single celebrity was like, no, I'm not I'm not participating in this. Yeah. And so it's just like, I would like to see what kind of changes they've implemented and, like, mm-hmm. if they are owning up to this. And, like, if they are owning up to it and they are making these changes and, like, are on the right path, And I think we deserve to give them a second chance. But if not, then, like, what's the point of watching? Interesting. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I don't
1: know. I think they have said that, like, they, they have, like, they, they tried to make amends pretty quickly once it was, like, all revealed and a little bit of it was like too little too late like yeah it shouldn't have taken this kind of bombshell for you to do this in the first place Mm -hmm. you are the hollywood foreign press association your association should not be so undiverse yeah so that's a little strange that that was the case to begin with especially because the president was an indian woman Mm -hmm. and she should have known better but I don't know. Are we that unforgiving? Like, if they make amends and they change things and, like, move things around, are we not, are we, you know, I don't know. Are we giving it too much importance? That's the other thing. It is a movie award show.
0: I feel like it could totally be a streaming event. And I think, like, especially in the time of COVID, this would have been really interesting if they were able to get celebrities involved in terms of, like, just reading out who was nominated and who the winners are. Mm -hmm. Because I would have watched that if there was, like, a streaming event and it's, like, Oh, it's like, here's Kirsten Dunst telling me the nominees Why for Kirsten this. Dunst?
1: Why is it Kirsten Dunst all the time? It's
0: only Kirsten Dunst because I literally, I have like Power of the Dog open on my page right now because okay. it won last name, But yes. that's the first name that popped into mind. Okay, fine. If it was Benedict Cumberbatch thing. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I would watch Benedict Cumberbatch reading that's people's fair. names. I think that would be really good. I would watch something like if it was streamed. I don't necessarily think it needs to be on network television. And that's the other thing though when it comes to these awards. Shows is that network television isn't really as prominent as it once was, and so like even looking forward to the Oscars, like I know you specifically were going to get cable just in that one month, yeah. So that I don't have cable right now, and
1: I I am going to watch the Academy Awards. Like, come on, and like I will figure out how to do it. But part of me is a little like,
0: are we going to watch it in your theater room?
1: Well. We'll talk about my theater room later on. Mita. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I am going to watch the Academy Awards. Yeah. But I do see, and I think it's kind of like an interesting, what is going to happen to the Oscars? Like forget the Golden Globes. I think the Golden Globes are like a precursor to the the Academy Awards. But the Academy Awards are the film awards in the world. Mm-hmm. And with if they're not going to be big on network television and people aren't watching them, what's going to happen to them? Are they going to turn into something like, you know, the GGAs or the PGAs that are kind of just like moderately, they're there. they're there and people in the industry go to those events, but they're not publicized. And then you hear about the winners.
0: I feel like the Oscars has more of like a pop culture clout to it, though. And I don't think Than the that Golden Globes? Than the Golden Globes. do yeah. Well, I mean, okay, I, I missed, you know, having Miss Golden Globe there. I was like seeing whoever Miss Golden Globe is of the year. But I'm a rare breed. But I, I do think there's more clout that comes with the Academy Awards. And so I think that that would be a severely missed opportunity in a lot of different groups if they decide to not air them on TV. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, we'll see. We're Maybe just it's
0: HBO the... Max, like, get after it. People love HBO Max these days.
1: <laughs> well, because, but that's because HBO Max is putting a good, like, television.
0: And... The Harry Potter special. <laughs> oh
1: God, but, uh... So talk to me about your Harry Potter right now. Okay, so New, year-
0: New Year's Day, we didn't talk about this last year, last week. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about it last week, but New Year's Day, the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter special. I don't even know what the what it's called. It came out on HBO Max, and if you're in Canada, you can watch it on Crave. Um, and essentially, it's just like. It's a reunion special in which like all the, uh, some of the cast of the Harry Potter films got together to discuss like making the movies and what it was like. And I watched it on New Year's Day with my family. We had to watch it at an extremely low volume because my sister's baby was in the room and he was trying to sleep. And so the TV couldn't be too loud, which was really annoying for me. But what I could hear from it (laughs) was just so lovely and nostalgic and it was like fun to hear like some of the stories from like behind the scenes and there's one thing that like stuck out to me that I never really considered before was that these were like little kids acting with some of the biggest names in like British cinema and I was just like wow like that is pretty wild to think about. Like you're you're up against Alan Rickman, or they had this Thompson exactly. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe apparently like freaked out when Gary Oldman came and like told everybody like you need to be cool because Gary's really like up there. Like we need to be cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so I just it was just very it was nice to watch, and so I was then inspired to rewatch the movies, which I haven't like watch them in succession in quite some time like every now and then I'll pick a random one I'm like oh I feel like Chamber of Secrets and I'll watch it but I hadn't watched like one to eight in a very long time and this past weekend I did it twice wow (laughs) yeah and it was just so lovely and so nostalgic and I watched them with my dad around too and he definitely he like would read some of the books to me when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and he definitely like had to go see some of these movies with me too but yeah. he did not remember, like, a single thing. Yeah. But this time he was actually paying attention, and he was, like, asking questions. He's like, wait, it's Snape, not Snake. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, like, what what does this mean? And, like, I'd have to pause it and, like, explain stuff. And I'd be like, okay, Dad, like, in the book, you know, they explain that Neville's parents, like, Neville could have been Harry Potter, technically. Like, the prophecy could have been about him. And, like, I had to go into, like, all these details. But it was so cute to watch my 75-year-old yeah father like figure out harry potter and it just made me realize how universal it is because you have me who's like 30 who -hmm. grew up with these things and i you have this person from an older generation who's like actually enjoying them as well and i just wanted to share how much i love harry potter
1: (laughs) that's fair yeah but we're not here to talk about any of that Mita. yeah we're here to talk about francis ha ha
0: francis ha
1: francis Huh. This week it was a me movie. It was. And you picked.
0: Francis Ha.
1: Yes, Francis Ha. So I'm going to give us a quick IMDb Disco
0: mm-hmm.
1: before Mitha explains why she picked Francis Ha. Yeah. So Francis Ha. We're just going to say Francis Ha over and over again.
0: Francis Ha? Francis Ha. Yeah.
1: A New York woman who doesn't really have an apartment apprentices for a dance company, though she's not really a dancer, and throws herself headlong into her dreams, even as the possibility of realizing realizing them dwindles. So yeah, that's, that's about it. Frances Ha. Huh? Mita, talk to me about your choices.
0: Yeah, so I spoke about this a little bit at the end of last week. I don't know if you edited it out of the episode or not, but... Well, to start off, it's really hard to find a movie that Nadim hasn't seen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is like a running theme in your, like, yeah. explanations like, for why oh, you picked things. Exactly.
0: Um, and I knew you hadn't seen this because I, there was one day where I was trying to explain the movie Maggie's Plan to you. Mm-hmm. And I was saying it's a Greta Gerwig movie, and she plays this girl who's like dating this guy and I'm like explaining it and you're like Francis Ha and I was like no and I keep explaining it and then you keep going Francis Ha and I was like no it's not Francis Ha and that's when it clicked in my mind Nadim hasn't seen Francis Ha because he clearly does not know what Francis Ha is about yeah and then I instantly was like I really enjoyed Francis Ha the first time I watched it Mm -hmm. I watched it in 2020 Okay. And I went through kind of a journey with Noah Baumbach films, if you will. Okay. I, yeah, I watched Kicking and Screaming. I watched um, The Squid and the Whale. I watched Frances Ha, While We're Young, Mistress America, and the Meyerowitz Stories. And I like got a real education on Noah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to share my education of Noah with you, with mm-hmm. probably my favorite. Of the Noah Bomback films. Oh,
1: even more than Marriage Story?
0: Even more than Marriage Story. I'll go into why it's my favorite a little bit more yeah. later, but I want to hear your feelings first.
1: Oh my god, Francis Ha. Ha! Ha. So, Mitha mentioned my theater, and I know I've been talking about it, so it actually finally finished being made on Wednesday. And I then finished cleaning it up, and like we put up movie posters, and we have like a red carpet that's like an aisle way. And I'm not going to lie, it's glorious. Mm-hmm. It's actually like, it's very exciting it's every stunning. time we go into it. It's really, really nice. The screen is huge. It's the size of a wall. It feels like you're watching a movie every time you go in there. Yeah. So I've watched a couple of movies in there. One of them, which was Francis Ha. And so what was supposed to happen is the first movie my wife and I watched in there was actually Don't Look Up on Friday night. And on Saturday we were meant to watch a Bollywood movie, Chandigar Kariyashighi. Um, which was the one we talked about, about the romance with the trans woman. Oh. Um, and so we were supposed to watch that on Saturday. My wife fell asleep with my daughter. And so it was too late for us to start a movie. So I, we were ended, ended up watching some Netflix series. And then at 11, I was like, you know, if I watch Francis Hot Tonight, then we can watch Jandigar <laughs> Kare on Sunday. So I was like, okay, it's late. I'm tired, but let me go into the theater and let me watch this. And I was partially expecting To maybe fall asleep. Mm -hmm. I did not. Part of that is because the theater experience in my home is amazing. (laughs) And I'm just not good. I can't even sugarcoat it. It was, it's such an immersive experience to watch a movie in a theater. And fine, like it's my home theater and it's easy and I was in my sweats and, you know, all of that. But it was such a comfortable experience that even while this movie is going on to like one o'clock and I was like wired, I was so not tired. I was able to sit there in the middle of the night and actually watch this and be engrossed by it. Mm-hmm. So that is obviously the the viewing experience is part of that, but I think a big part of that is actually the movie. I think it is an easy movie to watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's very easy to sink into. It's very short, which is nice. I like it's a very compact film. I, I think that's the best way I would describe it. It is easy to watch. but I do have some misgivings about it.
0: Okay. We can go into your misgivings if oh you want. Oh, my God. Right away? Right away if you want. I could talk about why I like it so much, but...
1: I think you should talk about why you like it so much. Okay.
0: So in my Noah Baumbach, an education experience, yeah. the thing the biggest takeaway I've had about Noah Baumbach over the years is people say that his writing is very relatable. His films mm-hmm. are relatable. People can engage with those characters, and they see themselves in it. And this one was one of the movies I watched, like, Later, and I didn't watch all of his movies in order. I Mm kind of picked at random based on how I was feeling, but this was one of the ones that I watched later. And it it is one of the ones that I related to the most. Mm -hmm. And granted, like I was in a similar age range when I watched this. Yeah. And I think that was like probably my biggest takeaway of like, oh, this is exactly how I feel. You were
1: 28 when you watched it, right? No. Yeah,
0: it was before I turned 29. So I was 28. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Frances so you
1: the, so yeah, you and Frances were like the same age. We're
0: like the same age. Yeah. I felt very similar to her in so many ways. There are so many lines in this movie that I was just like, I literally have said that. Like she has this line in the movie where she, people take note of how messy she can be when yeah. it comes to like cleaning her room. And her response was, I've been busy. Yeah. That is me. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I literally have used that so often and it's not true i'm not too busy to pick up the clothes off my floor i just haven't done them and the idea of like trying to figure out like who you are and what you want to do and where you kind of place yourself amongst your friends too because their lives are moving along as well this whole film i just instantly was attracted to it and instantly felt like i could actually relate to this as opposed to some of his other films Where I understand where people can feel like it is relatable, but I never saw myself in it.
1: So I think one of the things about this that I really kind of taken aback by was the complete lack of diversity in this. Mm -hmm. And like this movie takes place in New York and I didn't see a single non-white person in this entire thing.
0: That's really fair.
1: And it was almost like jarring because... To me, if I'm being honest, to me, the diversity thing is not like a big issue. Like I get, I also get that like, look, when I watch an Indian movie, I'm not expecting like white or black people to show up all the time because, you know, that's not, aside from the fact that in India, they're just not common and that's not what you see and that's not what you relate to. Mm -hmm. It's also not, it's just not a part of the world that they exist in, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. not. So like, I get that sometimes white people are just around white people. Like that's just what it is. So I, I wasn't. I wasn't kind of disappointed in that, but I think to me, it was also like, if you look at a lot of Noah Baumbach's movies, they're also all very Very white, white. very, very (laughs) white, all of them. And like, I actually really like Marriage Story. For me, it's probably my, my favorite of his movies. And I haven't seen as many as you, like I have not gone through his filmography, but I quite like marriage story. I find it a very mature film. I find it a very like honest film about marriage and breakup and like what that relationship looks like. That fight that they have, you know, towards the end, feels very like authentic and real. So like there's a lot of there's a lot of things in that movie I really like, but also mm. really really white. And to me, it also took away from from things that are relatable about it. That line about like I've been very busy. That is something people in their twenties say. Yeah. And you're not very busy in your 20s. You're yes. really not. Like, you're not doing anything <laughs> to, like, to warrant that. And so a lot of this was super relatable. There's there's a whole portion I just flat out hated. Mm-hmm. But there was this portion where I was kind of, like, like, humming and hawing and not sure what I, like, thought. Because she becomes really unlikable, I find. And really, like, her decisions and, like, the things that she does... They become really hard to stand behind. She becomes her own worst enemy. She does become her worst one enemy. And I think that's... It's frustrating to watch. But... That's also something people do.
0: I was going to say, is it frustrating <laughs> to watch? Because like, you know, you, you've you done that yourself. Yeah. You've done that countless. Not, I'm not saying you personally. I'm yeah, saying yeah, like, us like as people. as
1: as people, yeah. Yeah.
0: We've done this so many times. And that's why it's so hard to watch. And almost like you're crawling out of your skin a little bit. Like, you're like, oh, Francis, what are you doing right now? But then you realize like, I have been in that situation. I have done those things before. I have said I have those excuses. And like... That's what I really, I was a lot more introspective on myself watching this. Mm -hmm. And that was my biggest takeaway. Like, I saw things in this movie that I did that I didn't like about myself. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I doing those sort of things? And so my my big takeaway from watching it this time, though, is like, there are a lot of things that I related to so much before that even now just like, two years later i've made changes and i've like improved upon myself in a lot of ways and i don't mm-hmm. relate to them anymore but i can still oh. always go back and be like oh that what that was so me which i really liked about this viewing
1: that you could like recognize that like oh i totally did that
0: mm-hmm. and i hmm but like i don't do that anymore i do clean up my room now
1: because <laughs> <laughs> you're a big girl
0: yeah, I'm an adult.
1: No, and I think there's a lot of, like, I, I could totally, I was watching this and I was just, like, a lot of these things, a lot of the, the characteristics and the traits are very relatable. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is because of Greta Gerwig. She does really, like, commit to the role and she does really, you know, make it authentic, even if Francis is becomes progressively more annoying i'd say Mm -hmm. even if she becomes progressively more frustrating as a character because she's just doing dumb thing after dumb thing and is so stuck in her pride and is so stuck in like her bad decisions Mm -hmm. but then the thing that really pisses me off is the end because it's so unwarranted it's such an undeserved end because she has a, a night with her best friend Sophie, whose relationship honestly really annoyed me. But that's like, but okay. that's
0: how so many people that's in how their so many 20s, people with, are with their best
1: friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I get that. So I, I'm not like even chastising it. I'm kind of just like, oh, this is annoying. But I get that people actually do this. Mm-hmm. She has a moment at night, and then the next scene, suddenly everything's changed. She's accepted the job. She's, choreo- she's choreographing. She seems to have gotten her life together. But we have no reason to understand what caused her to do this.
0: I think it's that idea that, like, her friend has clearly moved on. Because I think in that moment when they had their, like, little sleepover, Mm -hmm. and she was just like, yes, like, we'll be best friends again, and we'll do silly things, and we'll be young and silly together. And then when they wake up, she, like, woke up from being drunk and realized, like, no, I I do have a life that I have to get back to. I think Frances was just like, oh, like, she... There's, a, there's kind of a moment in I don't know, I felt like this, like there's a moment where you realize like the things that I'm doing don't make sense right now and I need to like clean up my act a little bit mm. and I need to be an adult too. And I think that was like chasing after her in the car was like her moment of like, what am I doing right now? Like, why am I chasing after this person that, you know, has set set up things for themselves, has a life, has a boyfriend, has a career, mm. like has a future and like maybe it's not Everything that she wanted it to be, but at least she has those things. Like, what am I doing? I'm literally living in a dorm right now. Yeah, when I'm almost 30 years old. Like, but what she is that? knew that.
1: She knew she was living in a dorm. Like, but she I was... don't
0: think she accepted it. I think like sometimes you're kind of in the mindset of like, okay, I'm just like floating along. But you have to stop and take a look and realize like, does this actually make sense to who I am right now? Like, she's an educated young woman. She is like talented in some ways and. She's choosing to be a cater waiter and live in her old college dorm to be an RA. Like, it doesn't make sense. She knows she's better. She turned down a job that could have given her stability, could give her an income, could, like, give her things that she needs in her life. Mm -hmm. And I think she kind of chasing after that car had, like, a moment of, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this right now.
1: Which I I thought, too. It's, like, that, I mean, because, honestly, because it's the only thing that kind of explains that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it feels very, like, I don't know, like, that, that moment of her, like, deciding, like, this is not what's best for me. And I'm going, I got to, like, make some life decisions and, like, change who I am. That's a big moment. And it the the, the, the plot point feels so unearned and so hapdash.
0: But I feel like if you're looking at it from a writing standpoint, what are you going to do? Put in, like, this big, like, narrative moment where they like explain like that's when I realized that things needed to change or like they have some sort of monologue in which they come to that realization I feel like it's more
1: but even her like going back to her or her like the the shot is literally she runs out she looks at her bare feet cut smash cut and we're suddenly in her changed life So even a moment of her like, so what are we supposed to take away from that? Like, But then
0: there's a montage of her showing, of them showing us like this is the things that she's doing to change things. Like she's slowly changing out of her old ways and into new ways.
1: No, she's changed by that point. She's accepted the job. She's, you know, doing the show. She's got the apartment. It's not like she's going to get them. By the time we get to that, those changes have been made. That effect, like that that internal monologue has already happened, and the effects as are, are what are what we're seeing, mm-hmm. and even something as simple as her like going back to her dorm room and just like looking around, something giving like you that. some yeah something of a sense of like that internal like when you have had those moments in your life, much like I have. It isn't, A, it can actually be very quick where you're kind of just like, what the F am I doing? I need to like, I need to make a change here. Yeah. But some, there's something, there's a moment, there's, you're standing by the window, you're looking at your bed, you're doing something to be like, this has got to change. She looked at her feet. But like, why her feet? <laughs> that her, she was barefoot? she's a
0: dancer. <laughs> it's all about movement. I don't know. I don't feel like it, it was necessary to have that. I I know, like, I see what you're saying and that it, like, really jumps into it. And as an audience member, you're kind of just like, oh, like, now she's doing those things. But I I don't know. I think it looking at her feet was enough for me for, for me as a viewer to realize, like, she is looking down at something. Something needs to change. And then the next thing I do see is the actual action and the actual change itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily feel like there needs to be a buffer there. I don't know. I don't know. I it felt I feel very like sudden
1: to me. So okay. much to so that I had to go back and watch it again to be like, did I miss
0: something? But do you feel like sometimes sudden changes happen so suddenly and so mundane like that? Like, it, I feel like if there was like a big speech, I don't think that that is authentic to like how life actually is sometimes. And like but sometimes... You just look and all of a sudden you're like, oh, like I did start like doing these. I started making my bed every morning. Oh, I did start to like actually eat breakfast and not skip it and wait until lunch. You know what
1: it could have been? It could have been as simplest thing as her going back to her dorm room and her starting to clean up her dorm room.
0: Okay, yeah. You tell Noah (laughs) (laughs) Bomba.
1: But all I'm saying is it doesn't have to be. I agree. It doesn't need to be like a big narrative spiel where she's just like... I had this realization where everything has to change. It doesn't have to be that. But yeah. some visual cue, some cue to the audience from the storyteller to be like, hey, she's had a moment. She's mm-hmm. had a change. We don't see that cue. And we're just supposed to be like, oh, I guess she figured it out.
0: Yeah. She's Frances. She got it done.
1: But see, my issue is, is <laughs> one thing I, always, I felt about this movie, like even when I was enjoying it, was like, it felt very much like a, like a shoulder shrug of a movie. Like a, huh? Yeah, it felt very like this is totally fine. There's actually nothing wrong with this. It's well made, but it's also very forgettable.
0: Yeah, I think I feel that way about most of Noah Baumbach. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much all of them, actually. Yeah. I feel like that's what he is. He's like um, the male Nicole. What's her last name?
1: Oh, Hall Center. Hall or... Center.
0: Yeah, she writes really like no. nice movies. She writes I nice love things. said Right, Enough Said, lovely and amazing. No, but I love
1: Enough Said. Enough Said is not forgettable to me.
0: (laughs) To you, right? But like this was not forgettable to me because I related to it so much. And I think I liked this one out of all of his films the most because this Mm -hmm. is his first collaboration with Greta Gerwig. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I can tell there is much more of a sensitivity to this movie than his other ones. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that like, Greta had her input here, and she actually got to put things forward. And I find their relationship, like, really fascinating. I want to know more about their, their yeah. lives together. The age difference really, age like, difference, is yeah. interesting to me. I want to know, like, is she the reason why he divorced Jennifer Jason Lee? Maybe. Maybe. I Maybe. would like... But I don't want to know the salacious stuff about them. I just want to know what their, like, everyday life is like. Like, what are these two? Because they... They, Because this movie borderlines on being pretentious and Noah Baumbach.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Noah Baumbach is pretentious. Pretentious. He is.
0: I don't find Greta that pretentious because I think she has this, like, cool girl side to her. And even in this, like, when you see her in Sacramento, you understand her a little bit better. Like, you understand where this person is coming from. And like, oh, and also, did you know that those are her real parents? The parents in the movie? Oh, are they? Those yeah. are her real parents. It's cute. It's cute, right? Like, Greta Gerwig has this, like, cool girl side to her that is relatable to me, at least. Mm-hmm. But Noah Baumbach is so pretentious. And this borderlines it, but I don't feel like it goes over. I feel like it just toes the line into being, like, really annoying.
1: I think her <laughs> movies, I think the movies Greta Gerwig has made, both Little Women and Lady Bird are very they feel very real mm-hmm. and they feel very grounded they actually don't feel pretentious at all mm-hmm. and i think that's saying a lot about her filmmaking i think that's why ladybird was the success it was because it was very very relatable and real and it was a movie that men and women could relate Can to enjoy, even though yeah. it was about it was largely about the mother daughter relationship yeah. but even men really like appreciated it and got it and i think that's what points to her being such a skilled filmmaker and why she's not pretentious because it also doesn't feel like I don't want to harp on this but his movies feel like they're movies for white people
0: oh they are have you watched kicking and screaming (laughs) no that is a white man's movie if I have ever (laughs) seen one and like I think he's definitely grown a lot like I um have you seen the Meyerowitz stories
1: I've seen marriage story the squid and the whale and now this
0: okay so The Meyerowitz stories, you probably won't ever watch it because it does have Ben Affleck in it, but (laughs) Ben Affleck, Adam Sandler, and oh, what is her name? That's going to... Elizabeth Marvel. They play siblings to their father being Dustin Hoffman, and Dustin Hoffman was kind of like in and out of their lives, and it's not an exciting movie. It's not like, let's go see the Meyerowitz stories, but it's just, it's a nice film about a family and sibling relationships and how they interact with one another and what it's like when one sibling is doted on opposed to another and what that's like for the parent and for the siblings themselves. And it's just, it's nice. And that's what I like about most of his films is that they're just, they're there. They're there to be watched. There's nothing like, it's not a Marvel movie in which you need to be pumped up for all the like CGI and the graphics and what's going to happen. And it's not boring that... You're just like, why? Who made this? Why is this yeah. story being told? It's just, it's, it's well-told stories. And I, I feel like there's room for that in the world. And I think we need to appreciate these a lot more.
1: But <laughs> I just find, I don't know. I just find a lot of the filmmakers we have in North America are white. And a lot of their films are about other white people. But they don't feel as white as Noah Baumbach's movies. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I will it just give you that. Feels, they are
0: so white. They're so white. They're so
1: white. And it yeah. almost is like... It's almost... Part of it is like quite off-putting. Because it feels like he's working to make movies targeted at this group of people. And let me just say... You do, that If that is the case, mm-hmm. I actually don't care. Because you know what, white people are, they're a sect of society. And if you're trying to talk about the white experience, and if this is what it is, by all means. But it feels, it doesn't feel like it's that either.
0: But to me though, I think it would just be so inauthentic and so off field for him to try to, like, I I understand what you're saying. Like the film is set in New York City, like have some background actors in there that are of color. Like that makes sense to me. But like what it? I just can't maybe this is a challenge to him and to Greta Gerwig because her movies are very white, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge to both of them of like try to write a person of color. But at the same time, like I I don't want to know their perspectives on me, an Indian girl.
1: I don't, I don't want see, Greta Gerwig I think, to
0: write a movie about what it's like to have to deal with, like, being Indian and being North American. Like, that doesn't I don't doesn't think Greta right. Gerwig
1: does have to do that. And first of all, I just realized, yes, her movies are white. But the pro- issue is, they never feel like that. And you that's like why... You feel Noah Baumbach has that. It just feels so, like, white. Just, like, in your but face. That's, that's their world. That is their world, and that's fair. But let me just say, I'm not looking for her perspective on how... The Indian experience in North America is like, like, I'm not looking for that from Gator Gerwig. Like, I get that other places. Mm-hmm. What I want to see is an authentic portrayal of whatever you're portraying. And that should include people of ethnicity.
0: Then we should write them a letter. They're doing the Barbie movie, by the way, which, like, yeah. I am so excited about.
1: I mean, that'll be interesting. Yes. with Also probably very white.
0: Yeah. Margot Robbie and, like, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't don't even think about that, though. That did not oh. come across my mind one bit. Where it, was, it, was the it was really people. like,
1: it almost like, <laughs> especially towards the end, it just like hit me over the head. I was just like, not even the side characters, not even the C characters. Forget Greta Gerwig. Forget Adam Driver and What's-His-Face from Marvelous Miss Maisel. Michael like, Not Yeah. Not even them. I'm just talking about, like, people at the dance company. <laughs> people at, like, at that dinner party she goes to. Paris. Like no one, there's no color
0: anywhere. But I also think like that's what some white people's life is like. Like they don't, they don't associate with people of color, and it's not out of mal- malice, and it's not no it's like the same purposely way that Some brown done. people don't
1: associate with like non brown people. Like I get that. Well, and, like, I have I... to. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get what you're saying. That like yeah. that, that's just some people's world. Yeah. But it just feels very, like,
0: It was awkward for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's weird that that what did not come across my mind
1: once. When I watch Lady Bird or Little Women, that's not something that crosses my mind at all.
0: Okay, Little Women, it makes sense to not Little Women, it makes sense. <laughs> but even
1: with Lady Bird, it's not something that crosses my mind.
0: Well, because Sacramento is really white. It's probably really white. Yeah. And,
1: like, I get that. that but, like... It just feels authentic to that, you know, Lady Bird's character and the world she lives in. It's probably like there's probably not a lot of color people at the school or in her neighborhood or what it is, and it just feels like that's that's her existence. Whereas Frances lives in Mother in New York. You would have come across some colored people in your life.
0: That's true, but I guess like to counter that, she clearly only spends time with people that like she knew from college. She went to Vassar, which is like up in poughkeepsie new york how many colored people are going to poughkeepsie new york for college who would she interact with right so like i think it does kind of fit in with what her world would be i maybe i want to know what how you feel about this movie being entirely black and white oh i liked
1: it i thought that like I, i thought the cinematography was really nice i thought the set design was really nice the black and white definitely makes it more pretentious than it needs to be
0: yeah but I don't think I would like this if it was in color. I think there's something like this Why movie. Why is it in black and I, white though? I left this, the the feeling this movie left me with is what I was expecting from something like Jules and Jim. Like this like new oh, wave right. French cinema kind yeah. of like fresh take on things. Jules I, and Jim. I did not get that with Jules and Jim at all. You can listen to our episode of Jules and Jim. <laughs> on Jules Jim.
1: Jules and Jim.
0: Jules and Jim both men just in case you didn't know yeah not about a woman and a man about two men (laughs) (laughs) that are not gay they are friends they're in love with a woman so really this movie was just like utter disappointment for me but i wanted to walk away from that being like oh this is like french new wave cinema like this is so like fresh and exciting and like i want to know what people are talking about all the time and i did not get it with it but i did get that with this this just, and I think a lot, big part of it is probably like it's shot in the 21st century. So there is that relatable factor for me. Like I can actually imagine myself in this world, in the in these people's lives. But it's just so, I think if it was in color, I don't think it would have the same charm. I think that that would definitely Maybe. be missing. Yeah.
1: But why was it in color? Or sorry, why was it in black and white?
0: Oh, I read something about why he wanted it in black and white. Hold on. Probably something really pretentious.
1: (laughs) Often setting modern movies in black and white has to be like, you really got to sell it. There has to be a reason. And very few movies can justify it.
0: IMDb says, director and co-writer Noah Baumbach shot the movie in black and white to boil it down to its barest bones and create an immediate history and a kind of instant nostalgia. And while, like, I totally agree that it actually does those things, you don't have to say it that way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The instant nostalgia I do get. Yeah. And that's one of the main reasons you would do it. And that's Mm -hmm. something, reason why, like, something like Roma works so well in black and white. Mm -hmm. Because the whole idea is, is, like, it's an aged photograph. I don't know if this movie needed to be that way, but sure.
0: I don't know. I kept thinking, like... What if she was wearing like this colored dress? Like I think I, that would have distracted me more.
1: That's fair. That's yeah, fair.
0: I think color would have just been like, oh, I like this skirt, and I like that, and like, oh, New York is so beautiful <laughs> in the spring. You're
1: making yourself sound so much more shallow than you actually are, though.
0: Do you know what I mean? Though those things can like factor in; they yeah. can be distracting. And I think that it was a really smart choice because it does boil it down to his various bones. <laughs> And it's so much more charming than anything else I've seen, especially like when you're talking about people like millennials, because the character of Frances Ha is a millennial. And quite frankly, like we can be really exasperating and like annoying. And I think this kind of soothes you in a way like it's not as like, oh, another millennial complaining about their life. Like there's something more. There, it's like a old Woody Allen movie. Granted, I'm not going to re-watch them. <laughs> <But like, laughs>
1: There's a lot of Woody Allen influence on in this, though. There is a lot in a here. A lot.
0: And it does have that sensibility to it of just, like, these New York characters as opposed yeah. to these New York millennials. I think that it really helps with that. Okay. hmm Do
1: you have any sequel, prequel ideas?
0: I want to see Francis in college. <laughs> I would like to see okay. what... And, like, she in um, one of her ramblings, she goes on about like this, this group of friends that they had, and they kind of isolated this one person out oh, yeah. of the group and all that. And I, I would love to see what that was actually like. Okay. Yeah. And then also, I kind of know, I kind of want to know what happens between her and, and Benji. I really liked them.
1: Oh, before we get into ratings, can you explain to me... The sex appeal of Adam Driver. Once <laughs> I again. knew
0: this was going to come up. I was so surprised I hadn't yet. Um, okay. I, I I
1: just, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot understand for I the actually, life of me.
0: I actually, I get it here. I get it here. I don't get it in Girls. That's when he, it really drove people crazy. That was like his big. Yeah. That was like, oh my God, everybody needs to look at Adam Driver. But I was just like, no, I don't get it. It's his height. Like, I actually think it's his height. That's a big factor.
1: (laughs) That's disgusting if that's the case.
0: I'm sorry, but, like, that is the case. I don't get it. I'm not, like, super attracted to him. Yeah. But I do think it's the height. And, like, I think a lot of people are still hung on to, like, his character from Girls because he was, like, an asshole. And so, you know how, like, we all have those confidences that we want the bad boy. I think that that's, like, a big part of it. In here, I didn't like his character, but I liked looking at him. I was like, you're an interesting face. Like, what's going on here? He's
1: got such an interesting face.
0: And he has like a really, he, in this movie, he has a lot of confidence. Yeah, he does. Right? And I think that's what I found really charming in this. Not him using words like, ahoy, sexy. (laughs) Or like explaining his life. Or like bringing home a different girl every single night. And then being weirdly obsessive over what this one girl. Yeah. But uh, it's more, he has like a real confidence to him. He portrays that on the screen really well. And so I think that was a big factor in this. But I don't like him in other things. Like I'm not like... Goo goo for Adam Driver. I
1: got. I liked him in Marriage Story.
0: Do you found him really attractive?
1: No, that was <laughs> not the case. I did oh. like him as an
0: actor in Marriage Story. Yes, he is very good in Marriage Story. Another yeah. Noah Baumbach. Noah Baumbach. Film. Baumbach yes. He's Your also Baumbach. in um. What's that one with Adam Sandler and Naomi Watts? While we were young.
1: Oh, I've never seen that.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't before. Have... The time anymore. (laughs) But I actually I think you should watch that. I as much as you don't enjoy Ben Stiller, it's not the Ben Stiller that you don't enjoy. It's a different Ben Stiller.
1: An aged Ben Stiller. Do you want to give me a rating?
0: Yeah. I guess I have to go first, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've really talked about what I enjoy about this movie. And I'll go back to my sentiments of the first time I watched it, where I just really in like Out of watching all of most of Noah Baumbach's movies, this was the one that I was just like, oh, I relate to this the most. And I can finally see why people enjoy his writing so much. My biggest takeaway from that, though, is because it has the influence of Greta Gerwig in it. I think this is really when like he starts to make sense to me as a director and as a writer. And there are other films that they've done together. I also enjoy and I'm very excited for Barbie. Then watching it this time, I still had those same sentiments from the first time that I watched it in that it is very charming. It's so delightful. There's so much of myself that I see in Francis, but this time I really enjoyed it because I have made a lot of changes in that small period of time. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel... I didn't have those same cringe moments I had the first time watching it. Mm -hmm. The first time watching it, I recognized so much of myself that I just was really disappointed with. Mm -hmm. And now this time I was like, oh, like I'm not upset with myself anymore. And like, Mm -hmm. I am making improvements. And like these things take, they're done day by day. And I think this movie does a really good job of telling that too, is that Mm -hmm. even though you feel like it's very instant, the change, I think it's, pretty obvious that she's taken the time to make small steps that make big differences and I really don't feel like there is a movie about people my age other than this one that represents what it's like to be a millennial in this age or if there are those movies they are very frivolous they are you know all about like the glitz and the glamour and like what people are wearing all the things that i feel like adding color to this movie would do Mm -hmm. those movies have and they have no substance to them and i can't relate to them on a way this to me is like the book smart for people my age whereas like book smart is for teens of that time this is like book smart for people my age and so for that because i have just so many warm sentiments towards it i'm gonna give it four and a half stars
1: whoa (laughs) Was I really, I was expecting.
0: really enjoy Francis Ha. I think it's also one of those ones that like it's under the radar. And I think that's what I like about it, too, is mm. that not a lot of people talk about it. And I think that's what's kind of nice about it. It's it feels really special to me. It feels like okay. it's like this rare movie in the lexicon that like few people know about. And the ones who know about it know that it's good. It's just good. It's not like this amazing, spectacular thing that you need to see and it's not like a boring movie, but it sets out on a very simple task and it accomplishes it and it does it well. And I love that I know this movie and that I have this connection to it. And so I want to give it four and a half stars. Okay. Yeah.
1: That was way higher than I thought you were going to go.
0: Oh, what did you think I was going to do? I don't
1: know. I think towards the (laughs) end, I was like, I made Schumacher with four stars. I thought maybe three and a half. And here we are at four and a half. Four and a half.
0: I feel special knowing Francis Ha. You know?
1: Okay. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, man. That's you. You do you.
0: Yeah. If you're young, well, okay, sorry. Young is (laughs) love.
1: Or weird. Relative term. If you
0: are a millennial, I do think you should watch this. I think there's a lot here to relate to that you haven't seen anywhere else. And it is very authentic. It's not, it's not glamorized in any way. It's life. And like, there aren't very many movies that do this. Okay. Okay. Your turn. My turn. Yeah.
1: I didn't hate this. I didn't like, I definitely thought this was, it was charming and funny. And it is, at the end of the day, it is well made. I'll be really honest. I know I harped on the diversity a lot. It doesn't bother me that much, but it was a big thing I noticed. And it was hard to ignore after. Does it change the quality of the movie just to change the content? Absolutely not. Does it make me feel a little bit like Noah Baumbach might be racist? Yeah, I think it like makes me float that idea. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's the case. I do question why there's not a single ethnic person in New York in this movie, but that's okay. When I look at the movie as a script and as a performance as and as a story, I do definitely see how a lot of 20-something people are. I was definitely like this. I think like you hum and ha and you make decisions and you you make bad decisions. And I think the things I really was frustrated about with Francis was not I think I was meant to be frustrated. And I mm-hmm. think that's Greta Gorick's performance. It has nothing to do with like bad writing. It's actually very good writing because that's exactly how dumb like going to Paris for two days and then like not doing anything.
0: That's like, something just, someone in their 20s would Something,
1: <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, I'm just going to put it on a credit card. I got it in the mail. It's like just dumb decision after dumb decision after dumb decision. But that's something someone in their 20s who was trying to figure their life out would do. So it does feel authentic to that. I, on the other hand, do not agree with Meeta. That third act, that's, that end is completely unwarranted and it completely comes out of nowhere. And like, yeah, of course, that's what's going to happen. That's where we're headed with this. But... It feels very unearned and like little things like she was offered that position at the dance Academy at one point, And in between she goes back to Vassar starts waiting tables, but somehow that position is still available to her. You don't think that like, if she didn't take it that they would have offered it up to someone else. Like there were things that just felt a little like convenient and if I had fallen in love with the movie like you did, I think I would have been able to ignore and like forget all those things as I have for other movies that I've fallen in love with. But for me, I found the movie a little bit like a little bit forgettable. And I think that might just be it might just be because I'm way out of my 20s as well. Like I'm closer to 40. That than that old. Well, I'm closer to 40 than I am to 20.
0: Oh, OK. Right. So
1: so there is maybe like a time where like I I don't have I have the hindsight to like appreciate that this is how young young people make bad decisions. But also to be like, oh, man, like you should just been like so, so over it that I'm just like, this is a really bad decision and this annoys me. So I did not dislike this. I didn't love it as much as Mita, So I'm actually going to settle at three stars.
0: Three. I'm okay with that. Sorry, (laughs) Mita. Part no, of me I'm was just like, okay do I up that. it? Because Nitha you... really loves
1: this, and I didn't.
0: I... No, don't do that. <laughs> I didn't think you were gonna love this the way that I did. I think okay. there. It, it's also it's the female perspective of being in your twenties, and I think there's a lot of male 20s movies, and not so much for women. And I think this does a really good job of just highlighting that and that what it's like to kind of be a girl. And like we didn't even go on like how she's like trying to date. And, like, she gets a text message that says, ahoy, sexy. Yeah. Like, what are you up to? And, like, yeah. how ridiculous that is. And how she goes on a date with a guy and then winds up, like, living with him the next day. And yeah. then he's bringing home different girls all the time. But we think God, there's a lot about this that I could say. Yeah. So if you want to chat with me some more, you can hit me up <laughs> on Instagram. But, no, I didn't expect you to love it. But yeah. I am glad that you landed on a three. I was worried you were going to be like, this is boring. So I w- Oh, no. But
1: I wouldn't say it was boring. I'm – I ha- I can appreciate the art more than that. Like it is a well-crafted film. Yeah. If nothing else.
0: And she was nominated for Golden Globe.
1: I go. Hey, look at that. Look full at us coming
0: full circle. Oh.
1: But yes, Love that it. was Francis. Huh. Hilarious. <laughs> that's that's that.
0: That's that. It's and now, now time it's
1: time to play. <laughs> Are we doing this again?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you start it. I'll finish. it. Okay. It's now
1: time to play.
0: Different characters. Same Same world. World.
1: There we go. Okay, with the three actors.
0: Oh, boy. Okay.
1: Okay. I'm giving you Mildred Pierce. Okay. Nelson Channy. Okay. And Margot. 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 With a T. And your timer (laughs) starts.
0: No. <laughs> Mildred Pierce, is that Kate Winslet?
1: It's not.
0: Oh, Catherine Hepburn? Is that right?
1: No, no.
0: Oh, okay. That was like my first clue. Is it Margot with a T, though? No. Oh, it's not. Okay.
1: Not
0: Margot. Um, Margot. Okay. Yeah. So then Mildred Pierce is not Catherine Hepburn, but it it's is. Not. It's the 1940s. I think it's Joan Crawford. It is. Okay.
1: 30 seconds.
0: Um, Joan Crawford movies, Joan Crawford movies, Joan Crawford movies. Uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are watching Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And so Mildred Pierce was Joan Crawford in the 1945 Mildred Pierce. There you go. Margot was Betty Davis in All About Eve.
0: Oh. Well, her name's Eves. How am I supposed to remember her name?
1: <laughs> and Nelson Channy is yeah. Wesley Addy in Network.
0: Oh. Yeah. I'm excited for Whatever Happened to Baby so, Jane. So,
1: I, pick, I picked this specifically for you. Thank you. I was between two black and white movies, and I was mm-hmm. just like, no. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane is a the movie.
0: Is it? Okay, good. To so, be fair, okay. Like, I... <laughs> I don't think I've seen it in its entirety.
1: Have you oh.
0: Have you ever seen I'll go and actually no, I'm gonna save this for story time. Are next we watching week. this though? We are watching this, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, but then... I'll save it for story time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, but that's okay, for I'm next gonna... <laughs> week, Mitha. Whatever happened to Baby Jane.
0: What where is it available? Let's make sure.
1: Uh, I don't know actually. Okay. You can rent it for sure, but <laughs>
0: I don't want to run into the piano again. That's my biggest fear <laughs> in life. Hold on. Let me look this up. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? From 1962. What a time to be alive. I can I can rent it on the YouTube or the Apple. Okay.
1: Yeah. You can rent it on Apple for sure.
0: There we go. Oh, Betty Davis looks scary. We get to talk about Hedda Hopper?
1: I think <laughs> you're going to enjoy this. I really am. Yeah. Yeah. But that's for next week. Mm -hmm. Mita, do you have any parting words for us?
0: I do. I've been busy. (laughs) (laughs) I have said that so many times.
1: It's really apropos. (laughs) I've been busy. People in their 20s do say that. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week to find out whatever happened to baby Jane. Bye! Have a lovely week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the number 2 Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com.
1: As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.